take your Bibles, would you please find the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus, chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, well, I see my preaching accomplished a great amount and got rid of about a third of the people, okay, so I'm really good at things like that, okay, so uh, appreciate those of you that have come up and introduced yourself to us, and uh, once again, the older I get, the smaller the world gets, all right, and, and then to be able to uh, get to know people and uh, uh, to meet uh, um, Melissa's mom, Melissa Levier, uh, Eric, Melissa, uh, we're good friends, been there speaking for them, uh, supposed to have been there on numerous other occasions, but uh, this little thing that so-called is a worldwide pandemic, okay, has kept us out of uh, coming up here, so thankful we could finally get in and, and uh, be with friends and your pastor, and this was a first for me to be able to preach, and I, I told the couples at the retreat, but for me to be able to preach for one of my kids. So your pastor is one of my kids. And until you've been in the ministry, you don't understand what a great privilege that that is. So my wife was able to speak for one of our girls. Uh, she's a pastor's wife in Michigan. And so my wife actually had that opportunity long before I did with one of our kids. But I'm so grateful for this opportunity, all right? Once again, your, your theme for the year is? All right, we, we're making progress, okay? That's far better than what it was this morning. Thank you, all right? So purpose. One of the purposes that God has for us, and it really, in an overall aspect, was addressed this morning, and that is serving the Lord. This afternoon, what I'd like to speak to you on is the excuses that we use for not serving the Lord, for not fulfilling our purpose. You've got your Bibles open to Exodus chapter 3. I'm just going to read one verse for us to start off with this afternoon, and then we will look at other verses. Look at verse number 10, if you would, please. The Bible says this. This is God speaking to Moses, and he says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And as we go through, starting in verse number 11 and even into chapter 4, we're going to see excuses that Moses has used, Moses, excuse me, uses for not being willing to serve the Lord and then God's response to that. And I hope it'll be a help and a challenge as well as an encouragement to you. Father, we are thankful for the privilege of having your word. But Lord, once again, knowledge is of no value if we do not put it into practice. So for each one here, young and old, may each one choose to not just hear this afternoon, but to say, Father, help me to be obedient to what you speak to me about from your precious word. We ask all of these things in your name. Amen. I don't know if you've ever been impressed of the Lord to do something that you just didn't feel that you could. I've been there. Um, a few years ago, um, I, got, I woke up on a Friday morning, I'll never forget it, I woke up on a Friday morning and uh, ultimately in a few minutes I had checked an email and uh, there was a request from one of our missionaries in Kenya, Africa to come and teach in the Bible college over there. And when I communicated with this missionary, I said, what would you like me to teach on? I said, I've got a thought for you and it's all the mistakes that I've ever made in ministry. I could easily teach for weeks on that uh, in this Bible college. And he ultimately gave me a topic that he wanted me to teach on. And I thought, I cannot do this. I'm not a teacher. And I really am not. It is not my strength by any stretch of the imagination. And I'll tell you that there is a difference between 
believing something and knowing that it's true from the Word of God and then also being able to communicate that to other people. All right, so um, I just bribed the class. So remember, we're in Africa, all right? So certainly there are some things that we have in North America that they would not have there. So I took lots of sour gummy candy and I bribed the class to say I was a good teacher, all right? So I had lots of fun there, but I'll tell you, I didn't think I could do it. There's lots of things that I haven't thought that I could do. Your former pastor has made fun of me for numerous things, all right? When we were in Israel, I hate heights. I don't like all the food over there. I just want a hamburger and Mountain Dew. In fact, Pastor Yeomans, I will tell you about one thing that he did for me. We're in Israel, and uh, there are certain sections that we were told not to go in. But it was Pastor, and then where's, where's uh, is Melissa's mom here? Where's she? Okay, there you are. All right. So Eric and Pastor Yeomans went where they were not supposed to go. Simply, one of the, one of the main reasons is they were looking for a Mountain Dew for me. All right, there's no Mountain Dew in Israel. I will just let you know that, okay? They went to places they, that they were told, do not go there, all right? But they did. They were looking for it for me, all right? I, I, I was like, I, I, I can't eat this food. I, I don't want to go on these heights things. And, and then I see some of the people on these trips that are like five times my age, and they're doing it, and I'm like crying like a two-year-old, you know, on the side of the road there, all right? Listen, we've all faced things that we don't think that we can do. Maybe you didn't think you had the ability. I've been there. I don't have music ability. Brother, I love seeing you sing and hear you sing. That's great. And we keep the mic off when I am singing, okay, because we would scatter this uh, room very quickly. Maybe you didn't think you had the training. Maybe you didn't think you had the personality. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 5 says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. And then God gives us this, but our sufficiency is of God. So I want you to just think about Moses for just a moment, all right? 40 years in the courts of Pharaoh, 40 years in the desert, and now Moses, at age 80, hears God say, Moses, I got a job for you. And Moses starts with the excuses. Can we make that personal? I don't know you folks. If I knew your name, maybe if we were at my church, I'd call people out. Not to embarrass them, but I would just use their name. I'm thinking of a guy right now, one of our deacons. I'd say, hey, Joe, you made excuses? And I'd think of other people in our church, and, and, and not, not to pick on them, but to personalize it. Would you personalize it? I don't know your name. I don't know your story. I don't know your history, and I don't need to. But I do know people. I've had the privilege of being in full-time ministry for 27 years now. I know people. And I think... Every time I, I say, I think I've heard every excuse possible, I hear a new one. So I've learned to quit making that statement. What excuses are you making for not serving the Lord? Maybe there's some of these that Moses gives, and we're going to wrap it up to a very critical point, and I trust a very convicting point as well. So the first thought I want you to give, uh, or to give to you, is in, found in verse 11 of chapter 3, and Moses says, I'm unqualified, if you're taking notes, that's the first excuse. Chapter 3, verse 11, and Moses said unto God, who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? A, a question we ought to ask, is this legitimate? Well, certainly, humanly speaking, it is, isn't it? Who is Moses? He's nobody. 
All right, just like you and I are nobodies. I am nobody special. Your pastor is nobody special. I don't mean any of that in a derogatory or unkind way. But guess what? As my pastor used to always say, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. And that's where I'm at. Okay, the only difference between you and me right now is God has called me to be up here doing this, but God has called all of us who know Christ as our Savior to be serving Him. Okay, am I humanly capable? The answer is no. Do you know that after 27 years of full-time ministry, also the privilege of growing up in a pastor's home and all of those things, going to Bible college, having a wonderful wife that's a help and children that, that are loving the Lord and trying to serve the Lord as well, you know, all of those things don't make me qualified. Humanly speaking, I can't do it in and of my own. Where none of us are qualified to serve the Lord. In our flesh, we can't. Romans 7, 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. I want you to recognize a God's answer to Moses' question of, I'm unqualified, or his excuse. It's found in verse 12. And he said, certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. What's the answer to this? God's answer is his presence. Now, last I knew, God's presence was still available for each and every Christian. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I, that's in my Bible. I don't know if it's in yours. If it's not in yours, get a different Bible. It's still there. God doesn't leave us or forsake us. Now, I recognize we've felt that way before right? God, are you there? God, I don't know that I, that I hear you. I don't know that I, I sent you. I don't know that I see you working in my life like, like what it needs to be. I, I've been there. That's not just a you thing. That's an everybody thing. But God's presence is still very real and accessible to us. Moses, you're unqualified, but that is not the issue here. Moses, you're not alone. I will be with you. Of course, you're not qualified to teach a class, a small group, whatever the case may be. Of course you're not qualified to, to help in the music program. Of course you're not qualified to go out and, and to, to give the gospel to other people. In and of yourself, you are not. And you never will be in and of yourself. But with God there, it's all that you need. Hebrews 13, 5 tells us, He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We don't do it alone. The second excuse that Moses gives is found in verse number 13. And he says, I'm uneducated. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? And then he says, What do I say? What am I supposed to say to him? So the first that really Moses is saying, I don't know enough. Moses said he didn't have all the answers. But last I knew, nobody does. So I had the privilege of being your pastor's youth pastor. That also makes me older than him. That technically makes me more experienced than him. That should make me wiser than him. Do you know I learned things from him this weekend? 
learned lots of things, and I'm grateful for it. And some of those things are things that I'm thinking on, okay, Lord, how can I use that in the ministry at Bible Baptist Church where you've called me to serve? Nobody has the answer. I, I get this all the time when people are saying, you know what, I, I know I need to tell people about the Lord, but what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer? Can I give you the response? I'm a slow learner. It takes me some time to figure these things out, okay? But several years ago, I realized, you know what, I will never have all of the answers. And so the response is, you know what, that's a good question. I don't know the answer, but I know where to get the answer. And then we can come back and meet. You know what that does? That gives me a built-in opportunity to meet with that individual once again. And just admitting, hey, yeah, I don't know the answer. Do I wish I knew every answer of every question that has ever been asked of me? We have one of our four boys who is a question machine. And there are some things that I'm going to have to be uh, talking with him about very soon that I am petrified about. Not because it's bad things or things of that nature, but just things we're going to have to have some conversation. And I'm thinking, he's going to ask me questions that I don't know the answer to. And that shouldn't be happening for a 49-year-old and a, a, a young teenage boy. Listen, I, I don't have every answer, and, and neither do you. And can I tell you that's okay? All right, so what is God's response here? God's answer is a promise. It's actually found in verse number 18. And they shall hearken to thy voice. That's a promise. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You and I can count on God's promises. There's a boatload of them in here. Do you count on them? God says, Moses is saying, I don't know enough. God says, listen, they're going to listen to you. So do you trust God? God says he meets all of our needs, right? It's just us here, right? Okay, yeah, I'm looking at, it's just us here. How many of you have needs? Raise your hand. Really? Then some of you aren't raising your hand. I'd like to live in your home, okay? That'd be phenomenal. I actually think you're lying, okay, but... I won't preach online right now, okay? Listen, I, I've got needs. We've got a son who is trying to finish up his final semester of Bible college, and, and uh, uh, there are major financial needs there. He just got engaged over Christmas time, getting married in July, and he's like, Dad, how in the world? And, and we don't, I, I, know, I know your pastor's making several hundred thousand dollars a year, I'm certain, pastoring this wonderful church, all right? This is just a side note. Nobody's asked me to say this, all right, but you can never pay your pastors enough. And you say, oh, if they're God's man for God's place, they will reinvest that in what God has for them here. Every pastor that I know who is doing what God wants them to do, that is true. Okay, nobody asked me to say that. I know you're coming up to a business meeting, okay. Um, let, oh, the worst thing, you're, uh, brother, you're, you're talking about, you know, everybody likes business meetings. Last, or, or a couple of years ago, actually, we were coming up to Canada. I was, I, I'd been asked to speak at a uh, winter retreat um, for a church here. And um, so we left, and the Wednesday before we had our annual business meeting, I leave and we stop with Cooper's at Faustoria and get, we're at church Wednesday night before we make the rest of the trip here and guess what? Business meeting, okay. 
You may not like them. I can tell you pastors don't like them either, okay? And I had two within one week, and I wasn't even part of the second church, okay? Torture, all right? Listen, listen, there are so many things that God promises to take care of us in. Do we trust those promises? God means what he says. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? What God says, you can bank on. All right, so I'm uneducated. Moses, uh, God tells Moses it doesn't matter. My promise to you is, is that they're going to listen. The third excuse that Moses uses is, I'll be unconvincing. Flip over to chapter 4 in Exodus. Chapter 4, verse number 1, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Here's what Moses is really saying. Okay, I'm going to be unconvincing. So he's like, why waste my time? I know what the outcome is going to be. They're not going to listen. Why discipline my children? I know it's not going to be worth it. Uh, It's not worth the energy. Why come to church? I mean, there's no new thing under the sun. You didn't hear anything new this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. You're not hearing anything new right now. All right. Generally, what we need is we just need reminders, and God gives us the reminders at the exact time in our life when we need it. I know nobody here but your pastor. All right. He didn't. T- the only thing he told me was what your theme was. He did not tell me to preach on this. He did tell me to preach on family and marriage things for the weekend. Okay. That, and we we focused on that. All right. But but listen. This is what God has for you right now, all right? And it's exactly what God wants for you. Don't use it as an excuse. Why waste your time? Ah, I don't need to hear. There's nothing new here. God's answer? Well, God's answer is his power. Moses, it's not you, it's me. It really is very uh, similar to God's promise that that they're going to listen. You're just the instrument. I don't know about you, Pastor, but I can think of so many people yourself being one of them who are far more talented than I am in ministry and I think of, and I'm like man I wish I was that your pastor said I was funny he's wrong there there's a difference between being funny and funny looking okay I got the funny looking part down okay but as far as funny I can't tell a joke for my life all right my dad my sister great my mom and I we would die if we were on a, a comedy stage, okay? It wouldn't work. Listen, listen, I, I, there's so many things. I, I wish I was musical. Your pastor knows I'm not. Uh, I wish I was funny. I actually wish I could use humor in a very helpful and appropriate way in communicating the truth of God's word. There's so many things. I wish I was a great preacher. Listen, but it's not about me. It's God's power. I am just the instrument. The best ability, you've probably heard this before, is availability. And I had an a, uh, evangelist friend that would say, get all the tools in your toolbox that you can. And by that he's saying, hey, learn whatever you can and maybe you can use that to serve the Lord. When I walked in this morning, very few people here, and one of the first places I went to was uh, the media sound booth area. Why'd you do that? Because I have installed sound systems in several churches. And I did that. I learned that all through college. In every church that I have been in, I have done that. Say, man, in college you learned something that was actually useful and practical? I did. Okay, 
every tool put in your tool bag, all right? I'll be unconvincing. doesn't matter. It's God's power. Once again, I mentioned my life verse this morning, 1 Timothy 1.12, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. It's not about me. Some of you are saying, you know what? If pastor were ever to ask me to teach, there's no way I could ever do it. You know, you're giving an excuse and you're, you're avoiding God's promise and God's power. My dad's been pastoring since before I was born, so we're well into 50 years of pastoring, same church, 42 years. If he gets around somebody who stutters, he will pick that up. He's almost been beat up because of that, okay? He stuttered as a child. And so when he, when he gets around people who start stuttering, he picks it up again. Like, man, no preacher could, could preach that way, could they? Do you know that in 50-plus years of preaching, literally all over the world, he has never stuttered once in the pulpit? Not once. See, it's not about you. It's God's working through us. Matthew 10, 1. And when, they had called, when he had called unto him the 12 disciples, he gave them power. Acts 1, 8. But ye shall receive power. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I'll be unconvincing. It's going to be a waste of time. God says, no, 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 no. It's my power working through you. The fourth excuse, and I had to keep it alliterated, okay? I'm uneloquent. It's not a real word. Unless it's a real word in Canada, I don't know, okay? But, but my, uh, my digital device has lots of squiggly lines under it screaming, not a real word. I said, I'm leaving it. I wrote the sermon, okay? I'm uneloquent. Uh, chapter 4, verse 10, and Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore. It, it, think, can I read that again? Okay, Moses said, I'm not eloquent, said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore. Anybody who uses that phrase is eloquent, okay? That's my thinking. I have never said, neither heretofore, okay? I'm simply reading scripture, all right? Nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I'm slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Moses is simply saying, God, I can't talk right. I mentioned my dad had a problem with stuttering. Never had an issue with it, all right? There's a story about a preacher named David Ring. The subtitle of his, of his uh, video DVD that, that uh, was probably produced 30, 40 years ago now maybe, but is, I have cerebral palsy, what's your problem? You know, we all have an excuse, well, I can't serve the Lord in this way. Really? I believe we can. God's answer? Well, it's in verse 11 of chapter 4. It's his purpose. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? God is saying to you, just like he said to Moses, I created you for this. It's my purpose for you to do this thing. God, I, 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 I can't. Yes, you can. God has put it on your heart. If it's an opportunity, there's a man that I could mention, your pastor would know him. And back when, when I was an assistant pastor, um, I'd ask him to do several things in, in ministry at the church. He is not a Bible college graduate. He is not a pastor. He, he is a faithful layman in the church and still is that to this day. 
but his response was regularly to me. I still remember the first time I asked him, I was going to be gone probably on a missions trip, taking teenagers someplace, and, and I said, hey, uh, Jeremy, I need you to teach my class. His response was, okay, pastor, I, I will pray about it, but if you think I can do it, you believe God wants me to do it, I'll do it. In 14 years of working at that church, only one time did he turn me down, and that was because he was out of town and couldn't be ready for it. His response was always, okay, I'll try it. Now, was he the greatest teacher in the world? No. But he just was willing to be used of the Lord. He didn't say, well, I've never done it, I can't do it, I won't do it. We're going to get to that won't part in just a little bit, all right? God's answer is his purpose. This is what God has made us for. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And I could go on and on with other texts of scripture. Here's where it boils down to, okay? I bring these four into this final excuse that Moses gives. It's found in verse number 13 of chapter 4. And he says, I'm unwilling. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. God, send anyone but me. Moses said, not me, I'm not going. Okay, listen, God has been patient with the first four excuses. When he said, I'm unqualified, God showed his presence. When he said, I'm uneducated, God showed his promise. When he said, I'm unconvincing, God showed his power. When he said, I'm uneloquent, God showed his purpose. But now Moses is saying, I'm unwilling. Can I challenge you that we need to be honest with ourselves and determine if we are using the word can't or won't i can't dunk a basketball on a 10-foot rim it will never happen unless there's a trampoline or a ladder and then i'm scared that i'm going to fall off all right it's not that i won't i could say god i won't do this for you I hope you catch the difference. I don't even think it's a subtle difference. Christians, we need to be very careful which one we choose. It seems that we prefer to use can't. Let me put it in some practical terms. I just can't get along with my spouse. My husband and I can't communicate. I can't discipline my children like the Bible says. I can't stop overeating. I can't find time to pray. I can't quit gossiping. I can't serve God. I can't be faithful to church. No, any Christian who takes the scripture seriously will have to confess that the word really should be won't. Why? Because we've been given the power the ability to overcome literally if an individual changes all of his can'ts to won'ts he stops avoiding the truth he quits deceiving himself and he starts living in reality i just won't get along with my spouse i just won't communicate with my spouse i won't discipline the kids like the bible teaches me i won't stop overeating i won't stop uh, i won't find the time to pray i won't quit gossiping i won't serve god i won't be faithful to church hey let's face it we don't because we won't we disobey because we want to not because we have to because we choose to, not because we're forced to. The sooner we are willing to own up to our responsibility and stop playing the blame game or having pity party for ourselves, the sooner we'll be able to serve God like he requires. 
please take note that God responds differently to different, uh, completely different to this final excuse. God answered the previous excuses with a kind explanation. But when Moses says, I don't want to go, the Bible says that God got angry with Moses. Moses' problem, our problem, pride. Pride is regularly a root problem that manifests itself in various ways in each and every life differently. Oh, what if I, in fact, pastor was mentioning it in a small, small uh, group study this morning on prayer. Oh, I, I just can't pray. Well, get around people and pray with people. And you know why we say we can't pray? Everybody I know talks. Some talk too much. Preachers are one of them. You're looking at your watch, I know. Okay. Listen, um, the reason we don't do that is, oh, no, I'm not going to say the right words. What are they going to think of me? Pride. Just be honest with yourself, all right? God gets angry with Moses when, when he says, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't have a problem when I'm dealing with new Christians who they're learning and they're growing and they're like, Pastor, I've never done that. How do I do this? You know, I have no problem going alongside Pastor and just saying, hey, how can I help you? Sure. But when, I, when, when we have people who have been saved for decades and they still won't, I know how frustrated I am with that. God says he's getting mad at Moses for this. He was saying, I know Moses is saying, I know what I can do better than what you know for my life, God. I want to conclude this sermon, not with the entire thing, but a song that I remember as a kid. It was entitled Excuses. It's an old southern gospel song that I remember hearing, and maybe some of you are familiar with it. There's several different versions of it, all right? Excuse, I won't sing it for you, don't worry, okay? Excuses, excuses, you hear them every day. And the devil, he'll supply them if from church you stay away. When people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep them from the church, he offers them excuses. In the summertime, it's too hot. In the winter, it's too cold. Spring in, in the springtime, when the weather's just right, well, you find somewhere else to go. Well, it's up to the mountains or down to the beach or to visit some old friend or just stay home and relax and hope that some of the kinfolk will drop in. Well, the church benches are too hard, and that choir sings way too loud. Boy, you know how nervous you get when you're sitting in a crowd. The doctor told you, now you'd better watch them crowds. They'll set you back. But you go to the old ball game because it's, you say it helps you to relax. Every ball game I've been to is a bigger crowd than I've ever been at in a church. Well, a headache Sunday morning and a backache Sunday night. But by work time Monday morning, you're feeling quite all right. While one of the children has a cold, pneumonia, do you suppose? Why, the whole family had to stay at home to blow the poor kid's nose. <laughs> this is just a side note. If you would, you have bad weather up here occasionally, not that we would notice it right now, okay? I was actually not happy with your pastor when he invited me up in February, okay? Because uh, I've driven the 402 numerous times during that time frame, and I'm like, I hope I make it, okay? You guys beautiful weather loving it all right but but if you if if you're all going to stay home to blow the poor kid's nose for church then do it on monday as well when it comes work time because then you've demonstrated to your family what is really important i'm not talking about you know not coming to church when you're really ill okay 
But it's amazing. Oh, I can't come to church because of this. But we do go to work the next day. Todd Harrison input there. You can leave it. Maybe you ought to take it. Excuses, excuses. You'll hear them every day. And the devil will supply them from church to stay away. When people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep them from church, he offers them excuses. Well, the preacher, he's too young. Or maybe he's too old. The sermons, they're not hard enough. Or maybe they're too bold. His voice is much too quiet. I don't think that describes your pastor or I. Sometimes he gets too loud. Okay. He needs more dignity. I, I did have somebody leave our church. They said, you have too much fun in the pulpit. And I, I said, I'm sorry, but one, this is how God created me. Two, uh, life is hard. And I want, not that I'm, I'm uh, trying to be foolish or humorous when I need to be serious, okay? But life is hard. I actually want you to come in here and say, you know what? It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. I heard the word of God. I was encouraged. I was challenged. I enjoyed myself. Um, let's see, he needs to have more dignity or else he's way too proud. Well, the sermon's there too long or maybe they're too short. He ought to preach the word with dignity instead of stomp and snort. Well, that preacher we've got must be the world's most stuck-up man. Well, one of the ladies told me the other day he didn't even shake my hand. Listen, I could go on and on. There's a couple more verses to that song. Have you been giving God excuses for the purpose that he has called you to? I'm good at it. I think I have an earned doctorate in giving excuses. But it's sinful and it's wrong. Will you be honest about it this afternoon? Has the example of Moses challenged you to quit making excuses and start being faithful to God?